Blog Talk Radio. We've made it halfway through 2019, halfway through the first month of 2019. How about that? How about that? Well, I'm I'm happy. I don't know about you. Um, Crystal Silence League, episode number 166. Can you believe it? This is the season five. Season five. Dig it, folks. Season five. So... In celebration of this, <laughs> I'm going to have a drink. Here we go. Mmm. That's iced tea. I don't drink alcohol. I do not drink alcohol. This is the most sober corner of the internet right here. So why don't we come back in just about a minute with a drink of your choice. It can be alcoholic. I don't care. Or non-alcoholic. Probably for my show, best to be non-alcoholic. If you listen to my show while you're drinking, oh my goodness, I don't know where it will take you. But come on back. We're going to talk about more inner secrets of thought. We're going to talk about the power within reach, the ability of the mind to stretch the boundaries of reality. I want you to come back in about a minute, and I'll be here. tonight is um, The Power Within Reach. This is, of course, the Crystal Silent League Hour. I'm your host, Reverend John St. Germain, and uh, gosh, we've got a great show for you tonight. We have a great show for you every week. That's the nature of the show. It's great. It's a great show. I think it is anyway. And uh, I'd like to remind you guys, uh, we are in the planning stage of the Hoodoo Heritage Festival which will be the 11th and 12th of May this year, the Mother's Day weekend. And this is going to be the last one uh, hosted by Miss Catherine Ironwood. She's uh, retiring after this. And um, this is sponsored by the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, uh, which used to be Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. And uh, it may be continued after that under the aegis of AISC. We just don't know. We know that uh, uh, Miss Cat has been the uh, inspiration and forerunner of that. Uh, it may continue after that, but not with Miss Cat at the helm. She'll, she said she would be glad to um, help us with it, to consult with it, but she she just ain't going to do it anymore. So. This is your last chance to come to this um, 
at the uh, site of the Lucky Mojo Curio Company and the Mother Church, uh, Independent uh, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church this year. We'll have ticket sales up very soon. And uh, there'll be a host of uh, presentations. We'll have 10 of them or 11. We may have 11. Um, I'll be on uh, two uh, presentations. I'll be doing a presentation on the Crystal Silence League, and I'll be on the panel discussing um, a topic uh, of which we haven't decided yet. Um, so do come. Do come. Now, the Crystal Silence League, for those of you who don't know, was founded around 1917 by Mr. Claude Conlon for the purpose of projecting positive affirmation and prayer for all those in need of such. Um, and I will tell you that when he passed away into the silence in 1954, he took the league with him until about 2007 or so when adepts of Missionary Independent Spiritual Church brought it back to life on the Internet. And you can find us there at www.crystalsilenceleague.com. A lot to type in. Or you can just Google Crystal Silence League and click on the link that the Googles throw at you on your screen. And if you go there, you'll see that there are prayer petitions. You'll see that there's a link that says prayer requests. And you can go there and post your own prayer. We send many of our clients there to post prayers. And... You can post your own prayer. Prayer is always free at the Crystal Silence League, and it's been my custom since I started this program, this show, to put uh, to read some of these prayers aloud on my program anonymously. But before we get to that part of the show, um, I'd like to uh, talk about our crystal of the week, which is uh, Pink Petalite, which is a lovely little crystal. You can see it on our slideshow. Uh, if you bring up our program on Blog Talk on your uh, uh, electronic device. There's a little slideshow that shows you illustrations. Sometimes I'll just throw something in there for the fun of it. Uh, there'll be pictures of Mr. Conlon of Crystal Altars of the Crystal of the Week, and I'll just throw something in there like a Toynbee tile or a picture of my cat or something. But we always have the Crystal of the Week. I usually get it right. Uh, sometimes I get it wrong. We'll be black, black tourmaline, and I'll accidentally put tiger eye or something, but usually I get it right. You'll see it in uh, pink petalite. Um, it's easy to mistake uh, rose quartz for it. You know, you have to look at it. And you can tell you can tell the difference. Rose quartz looks like quartz. Petalite is smoother. Um, and um, it's um, it's uh, similar in structure. They're both silicates, but um, they they look a little bit different. You set them next to each other, you tell them apart. Um, it's very useful. It's a very soothing stone. It soothes, works with the heart chakra to soothe trauma, all kinds of emotional trauma. It can go back in time and soothe ancestral trauma. If you have a history of family dysfunction, it can go back and soothe these. I often use it in a type of work I do uh, in ancestral work to soothe, uh, fam to heal family issues. And uh, um, it's good if you're working with kids, working with children, because it's a very gentle stone, um, there's uh, an infusion of lithium in this stone, which is very calming, uh, good for bipolar um, issues. So um, it can help with mood swings. Now, sometimes petalite, when you look at it, when it's not tumbled, you'll see it's got uh, greenish yellow in it. So it's a very good heart stone. Heart chakras are green and, and pink. So um, uh, it's a good balancing stone if you're emotionally scattered. And it's very good for taking the uh, desires and yearnings of the heart and manifesting them into reality. Um, it's good if you feel you're being thrown on emotionally, like uh, love hexes, love jinxes and things. It can help protect the heart chakra. Um, it can be used directly when you're making an infusion. You can drop it directly uh, to make your elixir. Um, although I've come to the uh, place in my practice where I don't like to use any stone directly. I always like to encase it in something. Uh, it just doesn't seem to me to be a good idea to have uh, 
fragments or dust of any kind of stone mixed with the water and drink it, even if it's if it seems harmless and inert. It just doesn't seem like a good idea to me. You just don't know what can get in those stones, um, what they can absorb. So I always take my stone and put it in something else, um, a test tube or a vial or a jar, and immerse that in the water and let it um, set in the sun or in the moon. My rule, you know, is uh, the sun for healing, the moon for magic, and then remove it uh, from the liquid and add a few drops of brandy. And um, what I've been mentioning lately is you can buy vessels, you can buy containers, they're uh, drinking glasses or uh, water bottles that have a recess in the bottom uh, in which you can put your crystals and then screw the bottom back on. And uh, they hold your crystals Without it, without them coming in contact with the water that's inside the water bottle, and this is a uh, very cool. It's very cool. You can also do this with wine bottles. You know, um, you can uh, empty the wine out of the bottle by your favorite method. Um, and in the bottom of the wine, bo- most wine bottles, there's an indentation. It's called a foot, and you can put your crystal in that, and, and then fill the wine bottle with water and. Um, let let that uh, sit in the sun, which is another way to do the infusion without it being um, in contact with the liquid inside the bottle. And that's a little trick from your um, your Uncle John. But anyway, that's Pedalite, and that's our crystal of the week. Now, if you go over to our page, uh, www.crystalsilenceleague.org, you will see our prayers. And prayer is always free. You can go there and post any, any kind of prayer you like, and we get we get some doozies sometimes. A lot of these prayers are heartbreaking. If you go down, um, you'll notice that there's a box that says pray and send email. You click on that. And when you do, uh, the recipient of the prayer gets an email that lets them know you have prayed for them. And it's a blessed thing to pray for someone. And, uh, you know, you know bless, blessed are those who pray and blessed are those who are prayed for. And if you post your prayer, uh, you will be uh, amazed and gratified by how many people will uh, pray for you. It is uh, it is a gratifying thing. Um, I put a prayer for my cat on there um, about a year ago, and I immediately received dozens of prayers. Um, of course, I think prayers for animals get a lot of prayers. Uh, it's, it's just an amazing thing. So why don't you join me in prayer for the following people? Prayer ID 79613, who is an urgent prayer for protection for my cats and me and to sell my cottage immediately for my ideal price. There's these neighbors who behave nasty. Amen. And prayer ID 79612 says, Please, Heavenly Father, I know you see the suffering for the man I want to be with, and he with I. Please bless and direct his healing in mind so that we may be together in a healthy and loving relationship. Please, Mother Mary, assist with this wish also. Amen. And prayer ID... Uh, 79611. Hello, I need your help. I'm in a long-distance relationship with a wonderful man whom I love very much and who loves me, but he lives over 3,000 miles away, which is a four-hour time difference. We have talked about living closer to each other, but many obstacles make that difficult. Please pray that all obstacles in the way of us physically together be removed so we can be closer and our love grow. Many thanks. Amen. Prayer ID 79610. I'm praying that I'm able to get over and forgive my mother's hateful behavior and that she will be able to find and help and finally find a way to learn to accept others and to stop torturing other members of the family with her spiteful and ill words. May God and the angels ease her longings and help her. Amen. And prayer ID 79609. 
praying for my ex-boyfriend to contact me and to find a way to get back together. I'm praying for my ex-boyfriend to remember me and the kids and how much he, he, were, he was loved and appreciated. And no matter how crazy things ended, that he finds the truth and his eyes get opened and that I will see him again and we find a way to forgive and maybe a new beginning could happen if God wills. Amen. Prayer ID 79608. Thank you for your prayers for precious Donna. I'm continuing prayers for full her health. I'm praying with gratitude for many blessings and blessings on their way, asking that love and blessings be sent to all who prayed. Thank you so much. Miracles happen every day, and so it is. Amen. Prayer ID 79607. Oh, we just had that one. Sorry. Prayer 79606. We praise to grow my spirituality. Amen. He also prays to heal my prostate, bladder, and kidneys totally. Amen. He has a lot of prayers there. Prayer ID 79601. I pray that K and C J will have the most awesome, successful, drama-free school year. May they excel in their schoolwork and soccer. I pray that the bonds they have with their current friends will deepen and they will make new true friends. I pray that all the troublemakers, drama, queens, and kings will go away quietly and leave them and their friends alone. Amen. And prayer ID 79599. By the grace of God, remove all the negative conditions sent to me by the known and unknown sources. They've caused me such pain and upsets in my life. And I'm desperate for relief. Remove their influences so love, blessings, and light may return to me. Cleanse me, God, and leave me protected by your love. Amen. Prayer ID 79597. Dear St. Jude, please help me with my work. I need to get paid for my work. Either the supplier is going to open up the delivery lines or please bring me an additional supplier to work with. As soon as possible, I know how to do my job and I need to make more money. I've outgrown my current supplier. Send me help as soon as possible. Thank you. Prayer ID 79596. Dear Crystal Silence League, I pray to be released of my laziness and procrastination when doing my PhD. I want to feel motivated and excited to be doing my program. I have procrastinated. I'm excited to want to get started and be involved in the program more proactively. Please, may I be open to learning, adventure, and study, and may I complete the majority of my research this year in 2019. I am confident, excited, and happy to pursue my studies. I request the most benevolent outcome for my studies and its success. Amen. And prayer ID 79595. Please pray that my son will get in an apartment this week at this facility that rents to the homeless community very cheap. Lord, please help my son find a stable place to live that is his alone, a home where he can come and go and feel comfortable and safe in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have just one more. Um, Oh, let's see. Um, prayer ID 79591. May prosperity and abundance flow infinitely into my life, allowing the manifesting of my highest good and allow my path as a healer and yoga teacher to open effortlessly and happy. Amen. Well, how about a moment of silence for all those in need of comfort and support and affirmation?
Amen. All right, tonight we're talking about a topic of interest to us all. Um, how do we manifest in reality? How do we change reality? It's um, proposed in New Thought that reality can be changed and internal states are manifested in the world around us in reality and that this is not just a metaphor. It's, it's not that our attitude changes and we see the world differently. It's uh, believed and taught and manifested and uh, uh, demonstrated that if we change the way we think, our reality around us changes. And I can testify that this is true. This is true. The world around you changes. And um, I just think about people who live in terror. Uh, they uh, they go around carrying guns and uh, how violence often happens. Do you know that you're four times more likely to be shot if you have a gun, if you own a gun? You're four times more likely to be shot. And I'm going to tell you that there is a uh, universal law. This is a uh, this is this is a cognitive bias that most people do not think statistics apply to them. Uh, there's a fellow. Oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. He wrote an excellent book called Thinking Fast and Slow, and uh, he won uh, a uh, Nobel Prize for the research that went into basically this book, and it's all about uh, biases, why people think um, basically illogically, and um, you know how they people think, they think logically, and this applies to everybody. You know, I'm not saying I don't do the same thing. I was appalled, in fact, when I read this book and uh, realized I do the very same thing. It makes you stop and question the way you think, in fact, that people make decisions based on um, not logic at all, but by the very biased thinking. And some of the stuff sounds very logical. Um, and one of the uh, classic examples of this is the uh, uh, the fallacy of small numbers. You know, the smaller the sample uh, of any kind of uh, uh, poll, the uh, the more likely you are to have um, extreme example. There was a uh, one that they they do this a lot in statistics. In fact, they'll tell you that. Um, the greatest number, the greatest number, uh, the greatest number of uh, kidney cancer is in Midwestern states, um, uh, agricultural areas, among people who vote Republican. Now, when you hear that, you want to you want to start making, okay, so maybe they're, uh, okay, it's Midwestern states, so that's farmland, right? Agricultural, maybe it's river runoff. Um, probably voting Republican doesn't have much to do with kidney cancer, maybe because they live in these small uh, they're small towns, not small states, but small cities. They're not uh, given to uh, good health habits, et cetera. But another study showed that the smallest number of uh, incidences of kidney cancer is in Midwestern cities, in agricultural towns, um, among people who vote Republicans. Now, it's not the same cities, but same same demographics. Now, the reason this is because small samples will give you extreme results. You need large samples. And I'm, I'm going to tell you that if you look at um, political polls, like um, who's going to win the election. And if you look, go right now and you look at the uh, like Trump popularity polls, look at the samples. It's uh, it's a thousand people. Look at the people who approve of Trump's popularity rating. 
and the people who disapprove of Trump, it's like a thousand people. That is too small a sample to give you any kind. You're going to get extreme. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. The CNN poll, the, the CNBC poll, it doesn't mean anything. It's not. It's not statistically significant. You can. So what's a sample? No, it's going to give you an extreme. Uh, statisticians look at that and say, no, that doesn't mean a thing. And, uh, um, but, you know, people will look at that and make decisions. And I'm going to tell you that people vote based on illogical reasoning. And uh, um, so what does this got to do with reality? Well, if we're going to change reality, we have to know what we're changing it to, and we have to think clearly. The... Uh, um, there's there's another uh, it's very good it's um, um, a ball and a bat cost a dollar ten the um, the bat costs a dollar more than the ball so how much does the ball cost now intuitively what would you how would you answer that well most people would say that the ball costs ten cents and that seems to make sense very logical but it's also wrong. I'll repeat it. A ball and a bat cost a dollar ten. The bat costs a dollar more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Most people would say ten cents, but that's not right. It sounds right. It sounds logical, but it's wrong. The ball costs a nickel. Do the math. Because if the ball costs ten cents and the bat costs a dollar more than the ball, and the total is a dollar ten. Add it up. I'm going to let you do the math. So it, it, it's not a dollar ten; it's a dollar twenty. Do the math. So actually, do the math. And many people make decisions because it sounds logical, but do the math, and it's wrong. So we're going to talk about you got what sounds right, and you have reality. So when we're talking about changing reality. Let's not change it into a reality that sounds good, but doesn't add up, you see? And I'm going to tell you that most people are trying to create a reality that doesn't add up. And uh, I am relentless about this. Um, a lot of people don't like me because they'll say, oh, I want this. And I'll say, well, let's let's go into that. And I'll start cross-examining them like Perry Mason with someone on a witness stand and they go well well uh, uh, yeah and I'll say well so how's that going to work out if this and look down the road and see how this works out well I, I, it's just it's just what I want to do and I said well if you have you done this you know have you done that have you looked into this have you planned that have you done this and uh, so they're about to they're, they're basically about to um, manifest a black hole that's going to swallow them up and uh, one of the good examples of this um, is uh, a lot of times people will tell me, well, I tried to manifest and do spell work and get the love of my life. And, uh, you know, I got a few guys or a few girls and it just didn't work out. And I said, well, how long has it been since you've been in a relationship? And people will uh, tell me that they've been inactive in relationships. They had a really bad breakup two years ago or three years ago or five years ago. And... Uh, and I said, so you're going from zero to 90 miles an hour uh, after five years. Um, and uh, so you're trying, going from this five-year dry skill to manifesting the love of your life. And um, I said, why don't we work on manifesting a good date first? I said, you wouldn't even know what to do with the love of your life after that, especially if you had nothing but bad relationships. You go from zero to no, you wouldn't know what to do. Um, Manifest a good date first, uh, then another good date, then another. Uh, you know, get get experience with it. Or I'll have a, I've had, and I've had this happen a lot. Like, uh, a young guy will call me and say, yeah, I'm trying to manifest a million dollars, multi-million dollar job. And I say, what are you doing now? Well, I'm living in my parents' basement. So how many, what's your job experience? Well, I dropped out of school and, uh, I, you know, I work doing this, a menial job. And, you know, I just really haven't, so what would you do with the million dollar job? You know, you, do you have any idea? Well, I have some ideas for some computer games or something. And, 
what's your training? Well, I don't really have any. I said, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we just manifest a job first? You know, you're, you know you're going to go into like a Fortune 500 company with a resume that you uh, worked at McDonald's one summer and you dropped out of school. We let's let's set your goals reasonable. You see, reasonable. And um, well, maybe maybe I can win a million dollars in the Irish sweepstakes, the lottery. Well, yeah, yeah. Maybe you'll marry a supermodel. Yeah, okay, let's reasonable, reasonable. So let's talk about reality itself. Reality itself. Because in, in this series, we're going to talk about life itself. And life is not just what you see around you, animals, vegetables, uh, protozoa. Life is universal. It, it's inherent in and it manifests in every part and particle and condition of the universe, the rocks, the stones, the atoms, the mesons, the pi mesons, the quarks, we are going to consider life. New Thought holds that life manifests um, in two aspects or forms that are um, usually recognized by us in connection and cooperation with each other. Um, but that duality is probably illusionary uh, because these two expressions are probably an expression of just one thing, um, which is higher than, than either. And these two aspects that we know of life, are, we call matter and mind, mind and matter. But mind and matter may not be separate. Mind and matter may be an expression of a higher thing, the divine mind, the, uh, the one. Now, substance or matter, um, the, the New Thought guys used to call it substance. We call it matter, mind and matter or substance. Um, and uh, matter has been associated with materialism, you know, that everything is matter and that mind arises from matter, but we don't believe that in New Thought. We don't believe that mind arises from matter. Mind is, mind is separate from matter in New Thought. But materialists believe that there is only matter that mind is a epiphenomenon of matter, that consciousness arises from matter as an epiphenomenon, that when matter dies, mind dies. We do not believe that in New Thought. Um, we, in fact, in New Thought, we believe that matter is alive, that all substance is alive. That's that's a axiom of New Thought, all substance is alive. If you can get your mind around that and truly believe it, you're going to be able to work miracles. The rocks, the stones, the trees. Jesus said, "If the rock, if every tongue were still, the rocks and stones would sing his his praise." That's true. That's why we work with crystals. They're alive. We don't consider them dead things. They're alive. They're they're the they're pieces of the mother earth. They're alive. Can you can you dig it? So, but when we say mind, it's mind as we know it. Um, rather than mind as it exists in terms of the cosmic mind, the divine mind. We're talking about mind as we experience it, not mind as cosmic mind. So let's just get that straight. Um, because there, um, there are some schools, you know, mind principle and science of mind, that's talking about the great principle of mind, the divine mind, and, but what we're talking about, mind, is that very tiny sliver of mind that we get to work with. Um, now, there are other ideas like energy or force. Um, we don't separate that from life. And a lot of you know, a lot of times in metaphysics, we talk about energy. We talk about <clears throat> force. We're not going to separate that from life. Uh, we, we keep it very simple. There's mind and there's matter. And mind and matter are aspects of life. So there's also motion. That's something else we're going to deal with. But um, uh, motion is a result of mental action. And we talk about that in Buddhism. Um, and all force, all energy, uh, all motion 
starts with mind. Everything starts with mind. Now, we're not even going to get into metaphysical stuff uh, in this uh, in this discussion at all. Uh, we we can drive ourselves crazy. Um, we're not going to talk about how life began. We're not going to talk about creation or the creator. Uh, not going to talk about why these things are. Um, we're just going to talk about how how to use it. It's here. We know that we know we know we're alive. We know the world is here, and we know that the world's in a lot of trouble. How do we get out of it? <laughs> how do we get out of this mess? We're going to assume that we all have problems. We all have conditions we're trying to change. Otherwise, we just sit around and why would we manifest? If things were the way we'd want them, we just we would just sit like the old monk in the cave and just meditate. So we we know where we're going. Um, we have life, which is everything. We have mind, and we have substance. And we're going to try to manifest. We're trying to move things. We're going to have, that's why we can talk about movement. Is there movement? Are things going from this condition to that condition? Movement. Are we going from here to there? Movement. So we see that something called life exists. We, we're not going to try to explain what it is, figure out where it came from and where it's going. We know it exists. Um, and we, we feel justified in regarding life as something precious and divine. And there are certain laws uh, in operation that we call universal laws in uh, conjunction to life, which we uh, which we can understand. And we feel justified considering these laws are constant and invariable and unchangeable wherever you go in the universe. The laws that apply to me apply to you and apply to my dog and my cat and to the brick and, and the trees, etc. Which is very handy. Um, this um, During this discussion, um, we're not going to try to look beyond um, beyond beyond the curtain, you know, beyond the wall, um, to find out what caused all this. You know, we're not going to try to look into the mind of God, um, because um, to do so would be to go into a, another field altogether. But um, maybe, maybe sometime, maybe sometime we will. We're just going to try to figure out what what to do with this, how to how to use it to our advantage. Now, I do want to say that I do believe that there is something, a divine mind, a a, um, a great power um, behind everything. I also think that we can't limit it. As soon as we say that this um, great mind is omnipotent or unlimited or um, the source of all creations, we've limited it. As soon as we try to understand it, we've brought it down into our mind, and we've taken the great mind and put it in the limited mind. Um, we cannot, we cannot uh, define or understand uh, the uh, infinite. The the source of all creation, we cannot begin. We cannot even begin to discuss it. I, I think it's. It's so ridiculous to me when I see the guy in the pulpit saying God's will is this, God's mind says this. Said you're talking about the infinite mind, and you're telling me that you have the slightest grasp of it. No, no, I don't think so, sir. I do not think so. Um, um, you know the word universe. Um, is everything. The universe is everything. And um, and um, it's infinite. You know, does it have limits? It's everything. Um, time, space, power, um, the entire capacity of the universe, knowledge, um, how, how do you define it and limit it? How do you mark the limits of the universe? How do you find the ends of it? Um, so to define the, the infinite, 
to put limits on the infinite, to try to grasp the infinite, it's absurd. We can't even do it. Uh, to, to try to define God is to deny the existence of God. So we're not even going to we're not even going to talk about God or discuss God. But the human mind is something that we can discuss, right? Um, so, but we think of just because we are human, we, we try to think we we think of the infinite as a real thing. We think of the infinite as a real thing, and um, if we think of it at all, we think it's a real thing that we can grasp, don't we? And we think that the infinite has its own laws. Um, we think of it in terms of causeless, eternal, absolute, everywhere, all-powerful, all-wise, because that's the way we're wired. Well, you know, we have to. Um, um, and um, that's what we think of when we think of God. Now, do we think of things of ourself? Do we think of uh, thought, the idea of thought being infinite? Is thought infinite? We think. Is thought infinite? Um, is our potential infinite? Dwell on that for just a minute while we go to station identification. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Okay. So, if we assume that there's a, a divine mind, a universal mind, and, it, and the knowledge of this mind is infinite, um, and it's something far transcending uh, human knowledge. Um, is it is it possible that certain fundamental truths have been impressed in our minds, in our subconscious minds, or in our intellect, um, and that's why we're so compelled to seek this infinite understanding? Um, now. If that's, if that's so, there are these fundamental truths that we sense lurk just below our consciousness. Is it futile to to stretch our muscles toward them? Uh, I don't. I don't think it is, um, because mystics since the beginning of time have uh, developed fundamental exercises, uh, dream yoga. Um, meditation to stretch the bounds of human imagination and thought by reasons of the very nature of the intellect um, to stretch the boundaries of the human mind toward the infinite and uh, we arrive through this strenuous process of exploration to a realization and utter knowledge that we do not and cannot know the mind of God and this and this realization that you cannot and do not know is the next best thing to actual knowledge to know what you cannot know is the next best thing to actually knowing and that sounds paradoxical and that kind of paradox is the type of can show you arrive at in Zen that just makes your hair stand on end. To, act, to, act, to arrive at a knowledge of what you cannot know is true knowledge. Now, coming to that realization, is there a fixed boundary to human knowledge? I mean, is there a limit? Is there like a brick wall around what human 
the human mind can achieve. I, I don't believe there is. I don't believe anybody's ever said that. Um, I believe that as humans evolve, our limits continue to expand to the infinite boundaries of the universe if we survive as a race. And there are regions of the mind that give you hints and clues and come hithers um, that go beyond the mere intellect. These are what we call intuitions. And there are phases of knowledge in store for us that will raise us very, very higher than we are now. Um, so much higher than we are now that we'll look back on this phase of our development as we look down upon cockroaches. We look back on this phase of our development and say, yeah, remember back when we had bodies? You know, back back when humans had bodies, you know, now we're just creatures of pure energy. That that was awful when we had bodies, wasn't it? We're just now entering to our into our power. We're just now entering into a point where we can conceive of a time when we could be free of the physical body. Now, I guess we should talk about the idea that um, mind with the aspect, mind and its relationship to life and life with its relationship to substance. This does not mean that the ego uh, of man is a material thing. Uh, the ego identity uh, could well be a transcendent part of man. Um, which is a, a consciousness itself, the, the I am, the feeling of I am, consciousness, um, could be in some way a, a sliver of that infinite, that divine mind, um, what some people perceive as the soul. Um, and uh, as the Apostle Paul said, um, we're all children of God, but what we shall be does not as yet appear. So, basically, New Thought denies every aspect of materialism. The idea of materialism that the uh, the concept of I am, the concept of ego, the uh, concept of consciousness arising from matter, New Thought denies it, no that there is something, there's consciousness that exists before the birth of the body and continues to exist after death. This can be called the soul, um, but it is a manifestation of life itself. Now, personally, I don't like to put names or terms to these things. I was once advised by a teacher of Buddhism, actually, that as soon as you call yourself a Buddhist, you alienate yourself from Christians and Jews and Muslims. And as soon as you call yourself a Muslim, you have alienated yourself from Christians and Jews and Buddhists. And uh, so it's best to don't identify yourself in a, in a spiritual sense. My, my church, Divine Harmony Spiritual Church, um, while founded in New Thought, is non-denominational. Um, I used to identify as a Buddhist. I don't anymore. I don't identify as anything. You know, I'm I'm the Reverend John St. Germain, non-denominational pastor. So the more we uh, use terms and names and uh, uh, delineations, the more we're restricting our mind. And uh, I know when I've, when I've had conversations with people about um, uh, about Buddhism, it's become a struggle when you use terms like consciousness because uh, a lot of times they're insisting on Western definitions of consciousness when I'm using Buddhist definition of consciousness and they're very different. So if someone is using the word, the term God in the sense of a person and I'm using the word God in the sense of universal laws as I tend to do, we're going to have problems. We're, we're going to butt heads. I do not believe God is a person. I don't believe God is a uh, a he or a she. I believe God is a is the creative 
nature of the universe. God is the universe. God is life. And God is the, um, the act of creation. The very laws of science uh, that tell us how creation exists, the laws of science, the laws of nature, God. Laws of creation, God. The process of creation, God. The bird that flies, the grass that grows, God. You and I, God. Creation, God. The act of creation, the process of creation, God. Life, God. But not a person, you know, not an old man that exists in a cloud, you know, and meets out punishment and death. No, no. So, um, um, new thought, though, does not um, exclude the idea. If you if you want to believe in a personal God that you can pray to, it's it's perfectly acceptable. That's one of the very things about it. Uh, we in New Thought, it's a constructive philosophy, not a destructive. There's no punishment. Now, but the source of all things, there is a source from which everything arises and in which everything falls, the infinite. So what is this all things, the universe? The universe comes from the Latin word unus, which is one, and versor, to turn. So the universe is something, you know, the one that turns, or around which everything turns. It's movement, that which turns, or that which moves. So one thing in motion. The universe is one thing in motion. And... Uh, assuming that many changes of appearance. So this is something that's constantly in motion. Um, now, when you um, start getting into how the universe got here, um, there are many theories. You know, we, we have the Big Bang, the Big Expansion, the uh, uh, rising and falling of the universe. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a sticky subject. Uh, Creationism versus uh, how we got here. Creationism versus evolution. Um, that that's a sticky mess to fall into. Um, all the fossil evidence for human evolution fits in the back of a pickup truck, and that's a very small amount of uh, framework to build all the theories of evolution around. There's a whole lot of uh, creative inspiration to build that entire body of evidence on, um, the entire body of speculation on, truly, I'm not, I'm not making that up. All, all the fossil evidence for human evolution can fit in the back of a pickup truck. You know, we, we imagine that there's like hundreds and hundreds of full skeletons of uh, human remains, you know, showing us the evolutionary tree of mankind, but there are very few uh, full skeletons and it can all fit in the back of a pickup truck. Now, before people start waving flags at me and say I'm a creationist, you know, that I'm a science denier, I am not. Um, I'm just stating a fact. Uh, it just seems that when people are um, uh, screaming at each other over how we got here, um, it, it, it's, it, to me, it's like, why? Why are you so passionate about this argument? Um, when, why aren't you spending that evidence trying to get us out of the mess that we're in now? We're here, this is now, and we're in a lot of trouble. Why aren't you taking that 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 passion about fighting over something that happened a long time ago, uh, long before your great 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 grandparents were uh, making making babies? And putting it into something useful, like changing today's reality. We're in a mess. We're in a mess. Who cares where we came from? I don't. I know we're here. And, um, and oh, my God, I've seen these debates. Um, you know, Richard Dawkins came to Knoxville, my hometown, and got into an argument with a creationist. And uh, not many people came. Uh, it was interesting. It was an interesting debate. Not many people came. And uh, however, it was protested by a group of very fundamental creationists. And uh, Richard Dawkins is a very angry man. And he called the crowd a bunch of monkeys. 
ignorant redneck monkeys. And the police could barely hold that lynch mob back. And he doesn't know how close he came. And I'm not exaggerating. He doesn't know how close he came to being dragged off somewhere and hung from a light post. That was a lynch mob. That's how ugly this debate gets. Over what? Over what? Over what? And you know what? He, he did it to himself. So material science holds that the universe is composed of two principles, matter and energy. Right? That's material science. Now, quantum physics says that uh, these two principles are really aspects of the same thing. And there's really only one principle that these uh, that matter, matter and energy are really the same thing. Um, a, a, a flux, a vibration of quantum flux, motion. Um, nothing but um, on, on the quantum level, you see field. You see fields. That the universe is more like a thought, an idea, than it is anything else. And that these, and this is where we get into this, that on the quantum level, reality can be affected by observation. And the crazy thing about this is um, that apparently is not just a theory or a metaphor. That phenomena that's observed actually changes. So matter and energy are found together, interchangeable, almost synonymous. You cannot think of matter and energy separately. Where there's matter, there's energy, and there's motion. So why is it so hard for us to believe that if we change the way we think, we can change reality? Well, because we don't, we don't see it in a, on a gross level. We don't see um, thinking a brick into gold. We just don't see it. Um, we just don't see it. So we've, we've laid some groundwork for this. So uh, next week we're going to take it into a, a more practical level. We have a theoretical foundation. Um, and... Um, We're going to see how thought can be uh, controlled, focused, and um, take it to a, a a new level. And uh, stay with us, and we'll see what we can do for you. I think you're going to be very interested in where this talk goes. I'm, uh, how much time do I have? Oh, 45 seconds. Okay. Gosh, I was hoping we can get a little bit deeper than this. But, you know, hey, come back next week, and we shall uh, go deeper into this. I'll, let's have a little outro music. And, uh, you know, God bless you, man. Um, let's, all, let's all get prosperous and healthy for uh, 2019.